What's up, Kyle V? Welcome back to another episode. And what's up to all you beautiful people out there? How you feeling tonight, buddy? I've been better. I've been better, but um, I'm excited to talk ball with my boy. Yeah, it's another beautiful Sunday. We just wrapped up a great day watching football. We'll get to all the juicy bits of it, but let's kick it off. We just finished watching Sunday night football as the Chiefs went to Lambeau and the Packers got the dub 27 to 19, came down to a Hail Mary from Mahomes to try and go tie it up, fell short. What'd you think? Surprising result for sure. Uh, really quick game, just long drives back and forth. Um, Chiefs kind of disappointed overall, though. I mean, like we talked about before, Jordan Love's been improving steadily. And this was another day where he just looked like a solid quarterback and he was making some good throws. He he was floating some balls in there. It's crazy that he kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers, like some of the throws he makes, like the way he – the air he puts under the ball, the way he rolls out and just flicks it. Like you can tell he learned a lot, learned a lot under him. Yeah, how crazy is it going to be if they just found like another fucking dude? Like Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and then you just get another one. And up, I wrote him off completely. I, I was like, this guy fucking sucks after they mm-hmm. lost to the Raiders. He did. He's good. The last like three weeks, he's looked good. It's pretty sad. Yeah, luck, luckily for us and for us as a podcast, I was on the other side of that one. Um, so we don't both look dumb. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, he's not – I'm not ready to call him the next uh, – another Hall of Fame quarterback that the Packers just seem to churn out like crazy. But it is cool to see how much he's improved and and just, you know, he's he's a good quarterback out there. And, and the Packers as a whole, that defense played really well, you know, holding Mahomes and the Chiefs to 19 – um is solid but we definitely got to talk about that last drive um some brutal calls on both ends um the packers got some you know unlucky calls leading up to it mahomes going out heading towards uh first down going out of bounds gets hit on the sideline they throw a flag he definitely wasn't out of bounds yet free 15 yards for them um and then you know they throw a ball to they're running out of time. They have no timeouts. They throw a ball to the sideline. Um, Valdez Scantling goes out of bounds, but he goes out of bounds backwards, which in the foot in the rule book, that means the clock keeps winding. The ref stopped the clock with like 19 seconds left that the clock would have been running and they maybe maybe would have had one play left because the clock's ticking. Uh, but instead the clock stops. What do they do? The next play, they take a deep shot. And the refs miss a very blatant pass appearance that would have given give the Chiefs uh, the ball at uh, about like the two or three yard line with the chance to tie the game. So just really tough stretch there for the refs. Yeah, that was the worst call of all three was that miss PI. Because oh, yeah. when you look at it back, it was like, oh, my God, that was so obvious. But yeah, maybe a little bit of a makeup call. And the Chiefs just didn't do enough all game. Like uh, there's definitely something wrong with them. I feel like this comes up. A couple times over the year, the whole like Brady dynasty with the Patriots, this would happen where they go on these little lulls or they have these seasons where it's like, oh, yeah, they're eight and four, but they look off. Yeah. I don't know what it is. The Chiefs look off. There's something going on. Like they're missing something. Mahomes maybe just needs a better receiving core, but there's just something weird with that offense. There definitely is. And and I do think it boils down to the receiving core. Uh, Kelsey's a little older, been banged up this year. Um, Rasheed Rice looks like a future stud for sure, 
but he's still a rookie and you know was like what a second round pick it's not like he's this top prospect that they got and then the other guys just you know sky Moore doesn't look great um marquez valdez scantling is hasn't been great um you know they're just they're lacking in that department lucky for them like you talked about with the patriot lulls patriots got away with those lulls because they were in a shitty division it's a down year for the afc west for sure broncos lost today there's not really any pressure for them on the in the division they got time to figure things out they may not get that one seed, but they'll be playing a home game first round and potentially second round. Um, and if it's, you know, I don't care if it's on the road, if it's a one game AFC championship, go to the super uh, winner goes to the Super Bowl. I, I like Mahomes to probably have it figured out by then. Yeah, definitely. They fell to, I think, third in the conference today. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We got to get to it. This one's going to hurt. But the San Francisco 49ers went to Philly today. There was a lot of top talk going into it from last year's NFC championship game where Brock Purdy got hurt in the first quarter and the Eagles went on to dominate. Debo Samuel said we would have hung 40 on him if Brock was there. Well, today they did just that. The Niners win 42 to 19 in Philly. The Eagles got out to a six point lead at the end of the first quarter. And then it was all Niners after that. Let me start by saying, um, Niners are a great team. They played very well. They kicked the shit out of the Eagles today. Absolutely. Um, deserved the win. Major the butt. Debo, Debo called the Eagles secondary trash and then proceeded to score three touchdowns on them. Respect. You know, um, Purdy did his thing. You know, this was a this was a Shanahan masterclass. Um, he, Purdy, you know, if you look at the stats, you're like, holy shit, Brock Purdy, man. If you watch the game, you're like, holy shit, he's got dudes everywhere. <laughs> like they were throwing, he was throwing the ball. You know, he's putting it on the money. I'll give him that. But he's throwing, he's he's making, I don't know if he had a pass go over 15 yards today, but they just scheme things open and and get the ball to the playmakers and then they go from there. Um now, if I were, you know, a Niners fan or player, um, if I were to react how they reacted to last year's game. I would, um, you know, maybe mention the phantom offsides that led to the first Niners touchdown that really got him um, settled. Never showed a clear angle of that. Clear, like, didn't look like he was lined up offsides by any means. Just gave him an extra play for whatever. I definitely want to talk about that. Um, I definitely also would never mention the fact that the schedule makers gave the Eagles this brutal stretch. They're playing their third game in 14 days. Meanwhile, this was the Niners' first game in 10 days. Um, definitely wouldn't mention that either in regards to the scheduling and and uh, the circumstances of this game and maybe some fatigue that the Eagles may have been facing. Um, but again, definitely wouldn't mention any of that because I'm not like those Niners fans and players that bitched and complained and made excuses after the NFC Championship game. So props to the Niners. Uh, we'll see you in January. Yeah, you're definitely not mad, huh? No, no. Hey, uh, that's really cool that you didn't mention any of that stuff. That's good for you. You're a big man. Thanks. Thanks, man. I just looked it up to Purdy's average depth of target. A dot for you nerds out there that don't know the advanced analytics like us. Uh, a dot average depth of target. It was five and a half yards. So his average throw was five and a half yards down the field, which honestly was a little bit further than I thought it might be because he <laughs> had a lot of screens and like little shovel passes and shit. It is what it is. I mean, why change it? Why 
force the ball down the field if you're putting up 42 in this game. They didn't have to. Where it's going to really matter is, like, if they do meet again in the playoffs and they get in a position where they have to push the ball down the field. Like, if the if the Eagles build a lead or whoever they're playing and it gets to that point, then you have to start forcing it. You have to score quicker. You saw that with Jimmy G. Every time they make the playoffs, they got down the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. He had to make bigger throws. Throws a pick, cost them the game. So yeah. we'll see. It feels very, very similar. Maybe Shanahan's figured it out. Maybe Purdy is a little bit better than Jimmy G ever was, and he can be that guy. But time will tell. This game right here doesn't do shit for me. Great win but for the Niners. Like you said, Eagles are right in the middle of like a just fucking treacherous part of their schedule. They have three games in 13 days or something like that. It's just a fucking game in early December. Doesn't mean anything right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's the like if you told me they would be um three and one out of that first stretch of Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, I'd be happy. It sucks that this fourth one was a loss like this. Where they really fucked up is when they the defense actually got a couple stops early in the first quarter and the offense settled for field goals. Mm-hmm. That's where they really fucked up. If they were able to get in the end zone, um at least one of those times, then it it maybe becomes a different game. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think Purdy's better than Jimmy G probably like he looks more consistent, but we really haven't seen him in that situation where they have to go get the game. Um, mm-hmm. So it'd be really, I'm excited to see how that develops. And don't you remember though, all those, those times it was like, Jimmy G's fucking amazing. This guy doesn't lose. Like he's just a winner. And then it was like, oh, well, he does. It's the big game. He just, yeah. you just got to wait for it. So we'll see a lot of time to go in the season uh, before the games even start to really matter. That Before we move on, how many Niners fans did you hear from today? Oh, some I hadn't heard in, heard from in weeks. <laughs> and on that note, I, I'm done being, I'm a nice guy. I don't, I don't gloat when, when the Eagles beat the Niners, I, I felt you know, I was like, you know, that's tough. Purdy got injured. Maybe don't block Hassan Reddick with a backup tight end. And he wouldn't get injured. That's neither here nor there. But I didn't go, I didn't go hit up everyone and say, I just was happy in my own lane saying, let's go win the Super Bowl. But what happens, you know, I get I get, I get hit up from all angles, whatever. It'll make January that much sweeter. I love it. All right, moving on. The Cleveland Browns go to L.A. where the Rams put the fucking smack down on them, 36-19. to Rams are officially in the playoff hunt. They can absolutely make a playoff push right here. And the Browns, despite bringing in backup quarterback Joe Flacco, who looked decent to start, the defense could not stop this fucking Rams offense. The Rams are legit. I think the Rams are going to make a little run here and and uh, get, get one of those wild card spots. Matt Stafford going crazy. Um, you know, that bear, that Browns um defense had been so good, but these last couple of weeks have been struggling uh pretty badly. Flacco, like you said, looked good early, but um he's still a 38-year-old man that was sitting on his couch just like me and you watching football two weeks ago. So I don't I don't I don't expect uh, too much out of him. But I would say the offense definitely looked better than it did with uh DTR. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, you know. Just it's still a big loss there. You're sitting at seven and five now. Um, tough to imagine them really doing anything crazy. I could see them making the playoffs still because they're seven and five. And, and Flacco did look decent. And we've said this before, like when the defense is playing their game, 
they don't need anyone to be fucking Mahomes. They need you to just not turn the ball over like three times a game, which he's not going to do. It doesn't look like he's he's a smart quarterback. He's been there before. Doesn't have all the arm talent in the world, but you know he can get it done. On the flip side, the Rams, I agree. They're coming for that playoff spot. It's going to be in the NFC. Like, it's wide open. I think there's only four teams that have a record above 500. It's fucking crazy over there. Mm-hmm. And the Niners beat the shit out of all of them, but we're done talking about that. God damn it, dude. So the Rams can definitely do it. They just got a tough division. They're going to have some big games coming up against those Niners, against the Seahawks, and against the Cardinals, who've been playing decent as well. Definitely. Moving on, the Carolina Panthers go to Tampa Bay, where the Bucks get the win here, 21-18. to 18. They move to 5-7 and seven on the year. The Panthers fall to 1-11 and 11 in their first game with the interim head coach after moving on. Who gives a shit? Mike Evans is a baller. Yeah, let's just leave this spot in the pod for Mike Evans' appreciation. Another 1,000-yard season. His first – every each one of his 10 seasons in the NFL, 1,000 yards. And he's done it with – with Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield this year. He had Tom Brady one year, which is incredible, but he did it with Josh McCown. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. He's going to go down as one of the best receivers of all time when you look back at his career and you're like, holy shit, he did that with those guys? Like, it, mm-hmm. it's nuts. Yeah, he was the first player ever to do it in his first 10 years. He moves to second all time as far as 1,000-yard seasons, or maybe it was consecutive. I think it was 1,000. Uh, Jerry Rice had 14, so he's the only one ahead of him. And like you said, he's been he's been doing it with trash. He's a surefire Hall, Hall of Famer, which you probably don't think of Mike Evans that way because he's been kind of just quietly doing it forever. But the guy's a fucking monster. Oh, yeah. First ballot Hall of Fame. Um, and then on the Panthers end, nothing special there, but a little bit of life out of Bryce Young. He looked a little better today. Uh, they were competitive, only lose by three. But, uh, again, you just – Got to be sitting there kicking yourself, uh, wishing that that pick that you're losing all these games for was yours. It's so crazy. Every time I see the tweet where it's like, this is what the Panthers gave up to get Bryce Young. Yeah. And it starts with CJ Stroud, who we're going to get to. That sucks. <laughs> That's a fucking kick in the nuts every time. Tough. Speaking of CJ Stroud, we got the Denver Broncos going to Houston where the Texans pull it out 22-17 in what was a pretty good game. Texans now moved to 7-5. and five. And are looking right there for that last playoff spot as well. Broncos fall to six and six. Yeah, interesting game here. Broncos fell behind early and couldn't get anything going on offense. They kind of got things going a little bit, but ultimately Russ just really let him down. He threw three picks. Um, they had the ball down towards the goal line at the end and just couldn't couldn't come through. Just tough tough situation over there. On the other end, you know Stroud. Solid again. Uh, they got out to a lead. You know, they're up 10 at half. But the concern I've seen with them, and this was with last week with the Jags too, they had opportunities to go get the game. And last week it was to go get it and go win the game. They couldn't do it. This week it was to put put the game away. And they just couldn't do it on offense. I don't I don't know what really happens. Um, it's it maybe a little bit of a line issue, but it looks – I don't know. There's just some – something happens where they kind of struggle to really put that like nail in the coffin on these teams. Yeah, definitely. They got a lot of young guys over there that could have something to do with it. I mean, even just having your rookie quarterback, he's made some late mistakes um, in the last, you know, back half of the season. Same with the line. Probably just something to do with that. Talking about those Broncos and Russ struggling. 
And they scored three points in the first half. And I'm pretty sure he was five for 10 in the first half or something like that. He completed five passes. I was just not going to yeah. fucking cut it in the NFL. That's crazy. No. Then, last note on this game. Four went out for Tank Dell. Rookie receiver who they took in the second round. Second or third round because Stroud said, go get this guy. He's been absolutely phenomenal balling out every week. Uh, is it broke? Broken fibula? Fractured? Yeah, he's out. He's he's done for the year. Broken. Yeah, I think fibula or tibia. I can't remember which one. One of those abias. And he, uh, yeah. You know, more more respect to Stroud there too. Calling a shot on this guy. This guy's a stud. But that being said, I don't know if you saw the play he got injured on. But what the hell are you doing? Drawing up a play where he's your lead blocker. He's like five foot ten, hundred eighty pounds, soaking wet. Like, he, and he's lead blocking on a play on the goal line. Yeah, like just an in, like inside buried. run. Yeah, he gets like buried and breaks his leg. It's crazy. Yeah, pretty dumb. Pretty fucking stupid. He's a fucking D lineman. Yeah, you got guys that can go fucking score touchdowns and fucking ball out down the field. Let them do that. This, I mean, yeah. we talk about this all the time. Let your fucking studs do what they do and exactly. don't ask them to do this other dumb shit. Seriously. Crazy. Crazy. Hey, but they won. They did. They did. At what and, cost, hey, Will, Will Anderson picked three, too. Looked good today. Really good. There you go. Love that. Use him to lead block instead. Shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins going to Washington, where they hung 45 on the Commanders in a 45 15 blowout. They were up 31 to 7 at halftime. It was just, it, it was just on from the beginning. Tyreek went crazy with like a 70 yard touchdown to kick it off. Had another 60 yarder. The Dolphins took a pick to the house with Sam Howell just fucking basically tossed it to the guy and said, Do you take it? Don't hurt me. It was a mess. Yeah, mess getting real messy over there in uh in Washington. Ron Rivera's got a foot out the door for sure. Um, hopefully B enemy gets a chance next year. But yeah, I don't know. Howell showed moments early in the year, but now they're sitting up four and nine. Um, just tough look. But yeah, Dolphins continue to um impress. You know, they're sitting at nine and three now. That's they're going to be in, in contention for the one seed, um, especially with the Chiefs lost today. And as long as you have Tyreek Hill on your team, um, you're going to have a chance. Yeah, that's what I tell myself every day when I wake up and I look at my fantasy football team who are beating your team right now with a chance to clinch the number one seed. Any yeah. On that, people are asking. Uh, well, yeah, you can, you know, thank Tyreek for that. Um I, uh, it's tough. It's tough, you know, but my team, my team, I would argue my team's the second best in the league. So we'll be all right. Only one person gets paid. Next yeah. up, we got the Arizona Cardinals go into Pittsburgh where they beat the Steelers 24 to 10 and they move to three and 10 on the year. Everybody say rest in peace to Calvi's under two and a half wins to get for the Cardinals. Fucking Kyler Murray. Why is he even back? Yeah, seriously, pour one out for for my bet. It felt like a good bet at the time. After last week, I was like, "Damn, this bet's really good." And then I I'm mad at myself for not knowing that the Steelers would fucking suck in this spot. This is what they do. They if they're a favorite, bet against them. That's what it is. They fucking they're not a good team. They're not. They're just not. They will win. You know, nine or ten games and get to the playoffs. And then they'll get shit pumped. That's just what they're going to do. They keep these games close. But then, you know, um, Pickett got hurt. Pickett and Matt Canada got to be texting tonight. Be like, hey, they thought it was us. <laughs> like, 
I don't know, man. This this team is just they're tough. They're they're a brutal watch. I I was watching them with my pops today, and it's just like I, I'm like they just every game's like this. It's just like I want to take a nap. I don't I don't want to watch this. Yeah, it's awful. And now Kenny Pickett's gonna be out a couple weeks. It sounds like so Trubisky's got to lead that fucking charge to try and get him to the playoffs. It kind of fitting that them and the Browns were talking about how good that AFC North has been. Like they just these defenses just grind and grit and get it done. And they both fucking shit the bed today. A chance where you could really like you get to eight wins right here. You're looking fucking locked into a playoff spot, but they fucking shit the bed. Now you have to turn to Mitch Trubisky, which you've already been playing with Kenny Pickett. I don't think that really matters that much, but it's just kind of a mess over there. Yeah, exactly. AFC North, three backup quarterbacks. Give me the Ravens for that one seed. Yeah, they're going to fucking run away with that. Moving on, we got another snoozer. Just some absolutely shit football today, I'll be honest with you. The Atlanta Falcons go to New York where they beat the Jets 13-8. to Why? Why are we even doing this? This is terrible football. The Jets, Tim Boyle, stop me if you're shocked, couldn't get it done. So they had to bench him and go to Trevor Simeon. Put up eight points on the day. Yeah, the I mean, pr- uh, props to the Jets and that and that defense, which continues to be good. Uh, they got out to a commanding two zero lead after the first quarter, and uh, there was a point in this game where I thought that might be enough. But I did uh, too. <laughs> you know, the Falcons kind of they at least got on the board. I don't know that both these teams suck. The Falcons are going to be in the playoffs. They're going to win that division. the The defense. The defense has playmakers. The defense is fun, and the offense has fun players. Just Ritter is so bad that he ruins it for everything. And Arthur Smith is a shit coach. As a, He's a shit offensive coach. He just is. I don't know what – they show him on the sideline. He's just, like, holding his play card up, looking dumb as fuck, like doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, dude, get the ball to your good guys. Try that. Like, let's yeah. not hand the ball off to Cordero Patterson right here. Give it to Bichon. I don't know. But – Shout out our boy uh, Michael Pruitt for catching a touchdown, though. The only touchdown in the whole game. Only touchdown of the game. That's a motherfucking Saluki right there. The dog. Yeah. Moving on, we got the Detroit Lions going to New Orleans against the Saints. They pulled it out 33 to 28, winning by five in a game that they ended the first quarter up 21 to nothing. Looked like it was going to be a blowout, a runaway. Derek Carr was doing no favors for the Saints, but they pulled themselves back in there. Lions maybe got a little conservative. Ended up being a pretty damn good game. Yeah, this game was uh, one of the more entertaining ones of the morning for sure. Um, the way the Lions jumped out, uh, I was concerned twice uh, today watching watching the Lions. First in the first quarter, I was c- concerned as an Eagles fan uh, because I was like, "Damn, that team looks pretty fucking good right now." Um, but then the rest of the game, I was concerned. <laughs> for the citizens of Detroit, because it looks like this is going to be the same old lions. They're going to win this division. They'll be in the playoffs. They might lose first round to like a, to the Rams at home. You know, it's going to be tough. They, I don't know what, what the issue is. They just kind of let the foot off the, uh, off the uh, gas and, and the defense just isn't that good. Like the saints don't have business putting up 28 on anyone. Right. Really right now. Um, Especially when you get out to such a commanding lead, and to get it to a spot where, you know, they had a chance, they had chances late and they just, the saints just couldn't get it done. But Jason yeah, sure. on that touchdown, 
looked faster than anyone I've ever seen on a football field. That shit was insane. It was nuts, bro. He it looked like someone hit fast forward as soon as he like turned the corner. It was like a little jet sweep to the right side, and he turned the corner and it was like, oh, he's fucking gone. He is going so fast right now. He was. That was sick to watch. But on on the uh, Saints, Derek Carr did get hurt in that game and, and left it, and probably is going to miss some time. It sounds like he looked fucked up a little bit. Jameis came in. We got some Jameis time who instantly <laughs> threw one right at a defender, almost got picked, but it bounced off their hands and a lot of caught it, got down to the one yard line. We had some fucking Taysom Hill coming in and snaking touchdowns. It was just like a, this Saints offense is so fucking weird, but they put up points today. I don't know. Fucking weird ass division. They are yeah. in second, tied for second with the Bucks right now, uh, one game back behind the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's the Falcons' division. Unless Jameis can just get them going crazy, we'll see. But yeah, Kamara scored twice, um, so maybe they'll get a little something going. But yeah, I don't know, just, just weird. Did you see the play that Carr got hurt on? Um, yeah, I can't remember anything special about it. Just so like they, it was a, it was a roughing the passer. It was the body weight one. Yeah, and I get like the roughing the passer. I was talking about it with my dad while we were watching. They've gotten soft for sure. Some of mm-hmm. those calls. Bruce Irvin picked Carr up and just slammed him into the ground. Everything in his body on him. And I was like, that's the exact one that you don't like. That's roughing the passer. You don't yeah. do that. You could not do that easily. And he fucked him up bad. And you I know, like, wow. I didn't realize that was Bruce Irvin. That's a former Raider with Derek Carr. I think they were on that same team. Do you remember the year they went to the the commanders i think it was the redskins still at the time Washington football team maybe they were playing really good and then they just completely shit the bed and it was after there was like a lot of like protests and stuff and i was like man is Derek carr like racist or what's going on yeah yeah, you remember that game yeah i'm pretty sure they were both on that team so maybe there's some bad blood there i don't know because yeah he he sacked them like there was bad blood for sure well i'm gonna go ahead and start that rumor there is i i know that from a source bruce Irvin does not like Derek carr there it is Next up, we got a, just a beautiful win by the L.A. Chargers. They go to New England where they were five-and-a-half-point favorites. And what do we always say? Good teams win. Great teams cover. And what better way to cover than by scoring the only points in the game? Five-and-a-half-point favorites, just score six and pitch a fucking shutout. That's all you got to worry about. Just beautiful. I had the Chargers in a little parlay I made. Minus five and a half. I said, Chargers win this game by a touchdown. Easy. What they do? They won it by a touchdown. Just so happens to be it took two field goals. There was no actual <laughs> touchdowns. But, you know, like you said, pitch a shutout and, and get the job done. Easy work. The game was six to zero. Yeah. That's so sad. The Patriots are literally embarrassing. This is the worst Patriots team I can remember in my entire life. I know they used to be bad before the Brady era. Man, oh man, they benched Mac Jones, McCorkle, for Bailey Zappi. He's just as bad. And then on the flip side, the Chargers to only put up six points here. Like, you're supposed to have this fucking great offense, all these playmakers. What is going on? Justin Herbert is wasting away over there. Oh, he is. You know, Belichick's going to be there. Belichick's going to be the next coach of the L.A. Chargers. I could see that for sure. I hope hope so. We need that. Hey, you know know when we get to see the Patriots next, too? Hmm. Thursday night football, baby, prime time. Oh, Again, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. It might be fucking 27 points. It could here. be in the 20s. If it is, I'm betting the under. Me too. 
And then the very first game of the day, it was the Indianapolis Colts go to Tennessee. This one went to overtime where the Colts pulled it out with a field goal in overtime, 31 to 28. No, it wasn't a field goal. They actually scored a touchdown. They just didn't have to kick the extra point because the Titans kicked a field goal first. Colts come back and score, get the dub. They move to seven and five. Titans go to four and eight. Their season's done. Colts have a little bit of life in that AFC. They just keep finding a way to win. Yeah, Colts looking like a playoff team. Gardner Minshew getting the job done. Um, you know, Titans gave a really good fight. They, they that offense has been really bad <clears throat> through most most of the season. And uh, Will Levis looks solid today. They kind of you know they hung in there. Game went to overtime. Got a little crazy at the end there with some back and forth. Um, not really sure like how that game was going to play out at the end. The uh, Colts blocked two punts in a row. I don't know if you saw that. They blocked one and um, you know picked it up and scored. And then the next time they blocked it again, and that Titans punter just got fucked up on both of them. Yeah, he and, got and fucked up bad. Second one, he was done. Like he couldn't go back in. And the Titans scored a touchdown um, to make it to tie it at 25, I believe. Yeah, yep. to tie it at 25, they go to kick the extra point, and they have to use Ryan Tannehill as the holder. And it looked like a good hold, but something must have been off because the kicker just shanked the extra point really bad, kept the game tied, gets to overtime, and then the, the Colts go and win in overtime. So yeah. Just classic AFC South football. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. It was just like, hey, we're all out here just playing some playing some ball. Who knows who's gonna win? <laughs> Fuck it though. They, they literally play like they're like the Big Twelve of of uh, yeah of the NFL. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, not much else from that game. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams in the middle of the pack in the AFC. Seven and five, six and six, Broncos, Texans, Colts. <laughs> Even like, you know, five and seven teams like the Chargers and Raiders and teams like that. Fucking super jumbled up there. Should be fun to watch, you know, get it all settled out. It fucking Browns, Steelers are seven and five. It feels like everyone's fucking seven and five in the AFC. So there's only a couple spots out there available. So it should be fun to watch that as we go on. But before we talk about that shit, we didn't get to cover Thursday night because your boy went out, forgot we were supposed to record. That's on me. Sorry. That was the Thursday night game in Dallas where the Seahawks went to Texas, hung tight with the Cowboys who eventually pulled it out 41 to 35 in a fucking barn burner, came down to the end. Seahawks even got the chance to score at the end. They got the ball back with like a minute left, right, if I remember right. Just a fucking very exciting game. Tells you what, the Seahawks can't go get those big wins, especially on the road. They're not a good team. And the Cowboys, we've said it all year, they haven't beat anyone above 500. And now they still haven't because the Seahawks fall to 500. And this is a team you got to bury. You can't let them hang around like this at home. Yeah, this game was like a it was a weird dynamic of both teams kind of showing what they've shown all season. Like it 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 was a tell the truth game, and they both just they've been telling the truth the whole season. You know, the Cowboys that offense can put up points. They got studs all over the place. Um, the defense puts up good numbers against bad teams. Seahawks aren't necessarily a bad team. They're not a good team, but DK Metcalf went crazy on you guys. Um, you know, Bland got tore up. He got his pick still, but man, yeah. he was he was getting torched by DK. Just a weird 
I don't know. Both teams, I don't know. You know, Eagle Eagles going to Dallas this week. So Cowboys got a chance to, you know, um make make me eat my words on that. But up to this point, it's been a weird dynamic for them. You know, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Dak looks amazing. I'll give him that. Their offense is humming. And mm-hmm. it's like, was Kellen Moore the problem? Maybe Mike McCarthy's a fucking offensive genius who just didn't know it this whole time. Thought yeah. the game passed him by, but they look really good. And not to like rub salt in the wound or anything, but after that Eagles game today, Dak might be the fucking front runner for the MVP right now. Yeah, he's well, that's the thing is if he, if, you know, if they do beat the Eagles and Dak looks, continues to look great. That is what catapults them into it for sure. Cause up to this point, you know, it's still, you have the argument of, well, they're second place in the division. They haven't beat anyone big. They have a tough stretch coming up. They got the Eagles. I know they play the Lions. Um, they have a couple games in there where he'll have a chance to, you know, it might be smart for us to sprinkle a little on him, especially because I have my Jalen Hurts one in. If I sprinkle some on him, I bet one of them's cashing, you know? Yeah. I'm going to be pissed if Purdy wins it after like just doing the bare minimum, but who's a little dark horse right now, probably not getting the respect he deserves, is going to win a division, could win the conference, hasn't had to do a lot lately, but maybe we'll see him go on a fucking little hot streak right here, is Lamar. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. I like that too. If he has a couple games, like especially if they're primetime games where he gets running, like mm-hmm. that gets the people talking, you know, that gets yeah. the juices flowing. Daddy likes make that. So let's see Lamar get out there, get those odds up. Exactly. They get that one seed. Yeah. Which it's looking like they got a great chance to do it right now. Exactly. Okay. That wraps it up for today. Moving on to Monday night football. We got the Cincinnati Bengals going to Jacksonville in the battle of the big cats. The Jaguars are 10 point favorites with an over under of 40 as they look to take control of the number one seed in the AFC and get that by. Meanwhile, the Bengals turn to Jake Browning to try and get a win and stay in the playoff hunt. I definitely think the Jaguars win this game, um, but I do think 10 points is just too much. The Bengals, um, you know, they have dudes. They got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins coming back, Joe Mixon on offense. Um, They should be okay there. And then defense, they got some studs. They've, you know, they've had moments where they played well. You know, I definitely think the Jaguars are the better team overall, especially with the quarterback situation. But ten points just feels like a little too much. I think the I think the Bengals at least come out and cover this. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. You're just wrong though in that because the Jags are going to cover the ten. Take them up to fucking whatever you want to do. Here's how it's going to play out. They're going to get up early. Jake Browning's not going to know what to do with the football. He's going to have to try and force it downfield. He can't do it, despite, like you said, having the great receivers downfield. Because that Jags defense is actually pretty decent this year. They've been kind of carrying the load a little bit. But the offense has figured it out. Get up early, force a couple turnovers, push the lead a little bit. I think they're going to be up 13 in the fourth quarter. This is where it gets a little sketchy. The Bengals will be in field goal range. That would be such a pussy move to kick it to get to 10 and push. So they're going to have to try and score a touchdown, right? They might kick it. Who knows? Their season's pretty much over. Jags up 13, and it, it pivots from there. But I'll give you 10 and a half. I'll take the Jags minus 10 and a half. They're going to win this one easy. We taking so, a beer bet right there? Beer bet right here. Firm handshake? It's on. All right. I can't wait. We didn't get to do one last week because uh, one of us is an asshole. 
<laughs> I won't name names. Anything else from that game? I mean, the Bengals are kind of just floating around out there, it feels like. Yeah, this is just their last uh, – why I like them to cover. They have uh, championship DNA, and this is their last bit of any sort of hope. So I expect them to at least give a give a good showing, but the Jaguars are a good team. So Yeah, I do get that. That, that could definitely happen. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up for uh, – what week are we in now? 13 in the NFL? It's flying yeah. by. We're getting closer and closer to those playoffs. And with that, it also means it's the time of year where the NCAA gets to fucking piss everybody off. <laughs> Early this morning, the playoff committee, college football playoff committee, announced their final four, the playoff teams. Michigan got in. Everyone knew that. Washington, undefeated, got in. Conference champions. That's two undefeated conference champions right there. The three seed, the Big 12 champs, Texas. And the four seed, the SEC champs, Alabama, which means Florida State got the big fuck you. We don't give a shit that you're undefeated, 13-0, Power 5, conference champions. You're going to the Cotton Bowl in a game that doesn't matter. Yeah, tough scene uh, for the committee in this last year of four-team playoff. You know, if this just happened next year instead, they wouldn't have stressed one bit about setting this all up. But with only four teams making it, uh, someone was going to be pissed off um, about not making it. And it happened to be Florida State, which we'll get into this a little bit more tomorrow. We'll talk about the actual games, break down the games. Um, I feel the committee got it right, but uh, I know you don't You don't think so. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to bring some feelings tomorrow. I'm, I'm emotional about it. Yeah. It's and, wrong. And this has nothing to do with no. the team that Michigan has to play now? No. Absolutely not. But they should let you pick who you play if you're the ones. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough football for the day. What do you got for us in the NBA? So, you know, the in-season tournament that we talked about a little bit um, last week, and, and, and we talked about it leading into the season as well, it's actually done pretty well up to this point. The teams seem to care. It's – don't get me wrong. It's nowhere near actual playoff-level atmosphere, but – the teams definitely step it up. It's not a normal regular season game here in the middle of December. These these teams are getting after it. You know, they they want to win this. Like we said, $500,000 cash prize for each player on the team. They, they want to win. Um, so we are now into the quarterfinals, the, the final eight teams of this in-season tournament, um, down from the 30 that started. We have the first two quarterfinals. It's win or go home um the with the higher seed hosting so we have the first two games of that tomorrow we have the celtics on the road at the pacers in game one starting at 4 30 uh pacific time over here you have the celtics as a five and a half point favorite on the road there and then at 7 p.m we have the pelicans going on the road to sacramento playing your kings like the beam of Kings a four and a half point favorite in that game. I personally love both favorites and love both favorites to cover because, like we said, I think this is a thing teams want to win. Give me the better team in these situations. the The Pelicans and Pacers have had decent starts. You know, obviously they they did enough to get into this quarterfinal round, but I, the Kings and Celtics are just superior superior teams here. Yeah, Pacers even doing enough to get a home game. 
Uh, but as you you kind of foreshadowed, like the teams are trying a lot more. We talked about it before, and we even tried to get a bet in on it, but we didn't get in on time. The Celtics needed to win by 23 in their game to get in, and they yeah. just absolutely dominated. They got up huge early. Like it shows that they do care, so they're going to come out and fucking play hard, and they're just a better team. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In, in that game, yeah. Like we said, they needed to win the game by 23. We were like, we should bet that. And um, the Celtics ended up, they were up by 30 and had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum still in because they knew they needed to win that game by a lot. And they ended up winning by 28 or something, did enough for them to get in. That's why they're on the road in this game. Uh, the Pacers won their group. Celtics finished second in their group, but did enough to get in with the point differential. And, um, but yeah, give me, give me the Celtics in that spot. So if you, so is that a thing that could be parlayed the two teams? Yeah. Oh yeah. Give me. So I hit, when you go over to the cell, the, the DraftKings app, you hit the Celtics as the, as the favorites minus five Kings minus four. That gives you a plus two sixty four parlay. You throw 20 on that thing. You're bringing home $72 and 89 cents. Uh, the Christmas Christmas presents for everyone just got a little sweeter, you know. I fucking love that. What are you getting me for Christmas? A winning uh, parlay right there, huh? Parlay. Hell yeah! I'm gonna cash that tomorrow. I can't wait. Well, anything else we need to cover? We'll get into a little more in in, in season tournament tomorrow. Uh, there's gonna be games like all week or what? Uh, so there's these two quarterfinals um, tomorrow, and then the other two quarterfinals are Tuesday, which we'll touch touch on tomorrow's. Um, and then that'll get it down to the semifinals that lead that are that take place in Vegas. Quarterfinals, there's eight teams left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trying to do some math in my head, that's tough, but okay, yeah, we're coming down to it. Yep, love that. I think that does it for us. Oh, that was a fucking blast. Another great Sunday. Tune in tomorrow night. We'll recap that Monday night game, get into some more college football playoffs, some NBA in season tournament. I can't wait. We'll see you sluts then. Cheers. Rock to the rhythm, no moves to waste. Hit the spot with precision, no need for breaks. Ain't no plot when you're living, it's all first take. Might as well be great Rock to the rhythm, no moves to waste Hit the spot with precision, no need for breaks Ain't no plot when you're living, it's all first take When you do get to choose, might as well be great It's that get loose Family all around and you kick tunes Good smoke, good people Come through if you play by the same rules We've been known to ride the wave Kick back, bullshit, misbehave Started tripping on myself, so I had to get saved Stay in your lane if the way is paved there we go again, talking real heavy Listen up, world, I think I'm talking pretty steady If you wanna live it, place it in your mind Everything could change in just one night There we go again, talking real heavy Listen up, world, I think I'm talking pretty steady If you wanna live it, place it in your mind Everything could change in just one night